Sup, y'all, and welcome to another edition of Press On Sports. I am Jack Vita. Today, we are going to do some baseball talk. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I have a special guest joining me in a little bit. He's actually making his Press On Sports debut. We have podcasted together in the past, but never under the Press On Sports name, so this is very exciting for me. He's a good friend of mine. He will join me in a second. Real quick, I just want to tell you about what will be coming up on the podcast a little later over the next week or so. Sunday night, I'm going to be recording a podcast on football and Bachelor and reality TV, all that sort of stuff with Rachel Gerhart. We did a podcast a few weeks ago on Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, everything of that nature, and It'll be fun. We'll get to do some sports talk. So we'll start with the sports talk for you sports fans. You can tune out uh, a little later on. There's a lot going on right now in Bachelor news, so we're going to have to break that down for you. And then later in the week, next week, I will be having Alex Stahl returning to the podcast. We will be doing a podcast on Like Mike, uh, the classic 2002 Lil Bow Wow film. That'll be a lot of fun. And that will be out sometime later next week. So right now is Thursday, late afternoon, early evening. Cubs are playing right now with the Washington Nationals in a weird makeup game. They're tied 3-3. And I've got a big-time Cubs fan here with me, joining me right now, Jamie Hill. Uh, how you feeling about the Cubs right now, Jamie? Uh, it's uh, I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going <laughs> to uh, the, the Brewers are playing awesome baseball right now, and you know I think I think it's going to come right down to the wire. I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be go time until until one sixty two here. So yeah, I think so. I'm a little nervous, but I believe this team can pull it out. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. All right, Jamie, I know you are fired up on the Cubs right now on one particular topic, so let's get the cat out of the bag right here. Your thoughts on the Cubs playing 30 games in 30 days, is that correct? So it's sort of correct, right? We have 30 scheduled games in a row. Um, now, some of those are rainouts, um, and which didn't obviously get played, but if you listen to Cubs manager Joe Madden talk, it's... It's all the same. These guys are still showing up to the ballpark, getting through all their routines, all that stuff. It's not really a day off, plus a bunch of flights. I think it's I think it's frustrating. I, I tweeted about it the other day. I said if the Cubs go to Washington for this makeup game and uh, get rained out, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> Thankfully, that didn't happen. Yeah, but, they're getting the game in right now. Yeah, somehow with this hurricane going on, they uh, – they're going to squeeze this game in before it's too late. Um, but I think it's I think it's a frustrating scheduling thing. But with how bad the weather was in April, it's kind of hard to avoid. So, yeah. you know, it's just tough. You know, a lot of people think uh, MLB could have handled the weekend series with the Nationals a little better. They said there were 11 hours of rain delays over the weekend in that one series. Wow. So, you know, I think... I'm frustrated by it, but, you know, I'm not on the field. They still got to go out and play, so. Hey, if you are making millions of dollars playing baseball, I think you can deal with little things like this here and there. That's a pretty good life. I I think you're right. I think <laughs> no argument there. 
Yeah, I want to bring up, so Joe Madden's not too happy about the stretch that the Cubs have. I think it's interesting, though, that he's still deciding to overwork his bullpen, despite the fact that <laughs> they're playing a lot of games in a short amount of time. Yeah, you know, I think I think the the idea here is that with the expanded rosters, he's able to get some of these other guys going. Um, but man, so far he's used six pitchers today. We're in the eighth inning. You know, it's and guys like Jesse Chavez, Steve Ciszek are really getting worked hard here. Yeah, the A-listers who are pitching every game out of relief yeah. basically yeah they're getting destroyed here and um and we saw even even the last couple times he's been out brandon kinsler has not been good yeah he's struggled yeah so i think i think part of that is is the frustration with this randalay i think the other part of it is they're getting worked hard and joe madden as we know is not the greatest of bullpen uh <laughs> so yeah for those listening to the podcast maybe it's a few days later now mike montgomery who was pitching a pretty good game he was at he given up one earned run he was at 62 pitches he only pitched four and a third innings i believe and he given up uh, maybe three hits and a walk he's pitching a pretty good game he's been pretty good lately and uh yet despite the amount of games that they have to play in this short stretch Madden decided to opt to go to the bullpen. It seems like the Cubs may be panicking a little bit now with some of these lineups, some of these moves. What do you think? Yeah, I I think for sure. I think I think it's uh, I think it's been really tough for them to figure out how to keep all these guys fresh in the midst of this stretch. Um, you know, and so I think we've got all kinds of funky things. You got Murphy in a slump. You got. Kyle Schwarber's not been hitting well. Wilson Contreras hasn't been hitting well. Ian Happ, all these guys not hitting well at all. He's just trying to trying to spark anything he's got here, um, just to see if they can if something will stick. You know, throw throw a bunch at the wall and see what sticks. And so far, not much has. And it's come at a bad time with the Brewers playing so well right now. Yeah, I think I think there is definitely some panic. Um, I think you heard it in in the way that Theo Epstein was talking to the media the other day, the way that Joe Madden has been talking to the media about this stretch. I think there's some panic for sure. I think this team is 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 feeling the the heat of the Brewers, um, and is is not really happy about this travel. So, so I want to bring up one more point on the Cubs, and then I think we should talk about the Brewers because the Brewers have been awesome lately. I have a hot take on the Brewers. But I got one more thing. I want to know where you stand on this, Jamie, with the Cubs. It, you got to see the Cubs have been struggling for quite a bit now. They're a super talented team. Some may think maybe they're underachieving a little bit. And Madden has, I will make one note that Joe Madden has not been extended. His contract has not been extended uh, do you make anything of this? Do you think that it, what what happened? What needs to happen for Joe Madden to be on the hot seat, or do you think he's just safe no matter what? Um, I I think he's probably safe no matter what, um, but I think it's a discussion worth having. You know, I think I think you're probably not going to see a guy that has taken this team to three straight NLCSs and won a World Series um, in that time. You're probably not going to see that guy going anywhere. 
Um, but if for whatever reason the Cubs fall off dramatically here, miss the playoffs even, um, you know, I think I think that he could definitely be on the hot seat. Um, and I think I think you'll hear all of the all of the guys that are saying you know all this stuff about Joe Madden about how his in-game strategy and all that stuff. All the people that are questioning what he's doing and have been for a long time, you're going to hear those guys come out in force. Um, and I think it's going to be a story worth telling. But I think ultimately, I think he's probably safe. Um, and I think he probably does get extended. Ooh. Um, my guess is they're wanting to avoid contract talks um, in the heat of this stretch. Yeah, I think it makes sense to see how it plays out. Um, but I think that ultimately what I think is going to happen, Jamie, regardless of, I mean, if the Cubs win the World Series this year, I think he's pretty safe, I would say. But what my prediction with the Cubs is, is I do think they're going to lose rather early in the playoffs. Um, well, actually, I shouldn't say I think that'll happen. But if it does happen, or they lose the wild card game, if they miss the playoffs, something like that, my prediction is that he'll be on the hot seat going into his last year on his contract. They won't extend him any time before that. But I do think that that could be the beginning of the end for him at the end of next year. Yeah, I, I, I think you're probably right. Um, and especially especially with the way MLB is going, some of these quick hooks that managers have been getting. Yeah, uh, faster than you know, his with, uh, quick hooks with his pitchers. Meds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, guys like, like the Nationals getting getting rid of Dusty Baker after two straight playoff seasons. Joe Girardi, <laughs> what happened yeah. to him? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're you're getting quick hooks on guys here, so anything could happen. But I think you're right. I think if the Cubs miss the playoffs or have a really poor showing in the playoffs, I think uh, I think Joe Madden's uh, butt is going to be a little bit warm. For sure. All right. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see. Let's talk about the Brewers. Jamie, I have a hot take right here. I'm going to share my take with you, and I'm going to allow you to react. Are you ready for this? I am ready for this. What do you got? The Milwaukee Brewers have a greater chance of winning a championship this year than the Green Bay Packers. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I think uh, I think this is a great Brewers team. Um the lineup is loaded. Yeah, they've been playing really well lately. They they added Yelich and Kane over the offseason. That made a huge difference. You know, Christian Yelich is a legit MVP candidate. Lorenzo Kane is is almost leading the NL in war, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, they've got a great, great lineup. Jesus Aguilar has been playing really well this year. Uh, and their pitching has been a lot better than I think anybody expected it to be. So I, I think the Brewers are definitely not a team to be taken lightly. They're playing great, great baseball right now. And, yeah, I, I think this lineup is loaded. Um, so I think that the Brewers are right there. Right now they are uh, – so let's say we don't know what's going to happen with this Cubs game, but entering this Cubs game, they are only one game back. So – they're only one game out back out of the division. They are set up pretty well for a wild card game, except for the fact that they don't have a dominant starting pitcher. So it will be interesting to see what they would do with a wild card game. But they're right there for the division. 
Meanwhile, I don't know if the Packers can get this close to winning the NFC North with how stacked that division is. So, to see where the Brewers are right now, I think uh, I think people in Wisconsin should be pretty hyped up. They have a really good team. They have a great lineup. I love seeing Mustakis in there. They are scary. And they and they have an easy schedule the rest of the way too. Yes, they're playing two series against the Pirates, a series against the Reds. They end the season against Detroit. They only have one more series against a winning team, and that's the Cardinals. Ooh. So they have a great schedule. Um, they're they're in prime position to definitely give the Cubs a run for their money in the division, um, and they are set up well for a wild card game. And and my my hot take on the Brewers is I think I think if the Brewers and Cubs meet in the NLDS, I think that goes five games, and I think the Brewers have a great shot of winning that series. I think it's going to be a great series regardless. Oh yeah, oh for sure. Just as a baseball fan, I'd love to see that happen. Uh, as a Cubs fan, I'd be sweating bullets. But <laughs> yeah, and that's and I've been thinking about that a lot the last few days. I think it's I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be stressful for Cubs fans for sure if they meet the Brewers in the playoffs. So how about the National League West? Right now, it looks like it's the Rockies' division to lose. Is there a team right now that you're favoring in this division? What do you think? You know, I I have not liked really any of these teams very much this year. I mean, obviously the Padres and and Giants have been out of it for most of the season, but you know, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Arizona's <laughs> been kind of cratering the last couple weeks. Um, you know, they've been really falling out of it. I think I think the Dodgers have really underwhelmed this year, especially with. You know, obviously you had Corey Seager out right at the beginning of the season, but you added one of the best players in the league in Manny Machado at the deadline, and it didn't do a whole lot. They added Brian Dozier, didn't do a whole lot. Um, you know, and I think there's a lot of questions on that team, too, if they if they do make the playoffs. Can you rely on a healthy Clayton Kershaw? All those things, and he's not been great in the playoffs. So I think it's... I think it's the the Rockies division to lose, just like you said. I mean, you're getting you're getting MVP type years from Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado. You're getting a Cy Young type year from one of the most underrated pitchers in the yes. in Kyle Freeland. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I love I this. I mean, the Rockies. It's definitely their division to lose. I got so excited to hear you mention Kyle Freeland, Cy Young right there, because I feel like I've been on an island right here. I'm not saying he should win the Cy Young, but he definitely deserves some consideration. He's had a great year. He has been a fantastic fantasy pickup this year. (laughs) He has. The thing that's most amazing to me, I heard the stat the other day, he's got a 2.2 ERA at Coors Field. Yep. He's a, a Rockies pitcher that's pitching better at home than he is on the road. Yeah, and a lot better too. Amazing. A lot better. Like a run and a half at this point, I think. You know, yeah. he's been he's been an awesome, awesome revelation for those guys. So Yeah. The f- the I fact think- that anyone could have an ERA like that, starter or reliever at Coors Field, so impressive. We penalize a lot of hitters by saying, oh, yeah, they, they play in Colorado, but we should provide some aid to some of these pitchers 
who <laughs> have to pitch in Colorado at least half the season. Yeah, yeah, it's a horrible place to pitch, and he has made it. He has made it look really good. Um, he's he's been their revelation, especially with John Gray having been so bad this year. Um, really, just kind of fallen off a cliff. Um, and they had Chad Bettis pitch really well earlier in the season, but yep. but he kind of fell off a cliff too here. Bettis got hurt. He was hurt for a little bit. He's been a little up and down. Uh, but I overall, I actually like this pitching staff a lot more than I think a lot of people do. Yeah, I think this is a great pitching staff. Um, you know, Kyle Freeland, you're going to get some down ballot Cy Young votes for him. Um, John Gray is a great pitcher. I think even Herman Marquez is, is underrated. Um, and Chad Bettis, you know, was on fire earlier in the year. Obviously, like you said, had some injuries. But, you know, I think... I think this is a solid pitching staff, and I think you're right. I don't think they get a lot of credit, um, you know, playing in Coors Field. I think I think it makes their numbers look worse. And let's not forget who they have in the bullpen. I mean, Adam Adovino has been a great closer this year. Yes. Yep. Um, they picked up Brian Shaw and uh, the final boss, Sung Hwan Oh, over the over the off season. They've had a great, you know, they've had a great bullpen this year too. So. This is a is a nice solid team, um, and even a nice lineup too. Um, so I I think you're right. I think it's I think it's the Rockies division to lose for sure in the NL West. Yeah, they also have like a three game lead that helps a little bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That helps. But have a little bit of space there. John Gray has been an enigma. He's been weird. Uh, he's been a little up and down. I don't really know what he is, but his stuff when it's there, is terrific. And I think that this pitching staff, also, the other fact is there are a lot of hitters parks here in the NL West. you got Arizona. Uh, balls fly out there, similar to they, and not quite as much as they do in Colorado, but the year's a little thinner there, I believe. Yeah, they they put in some thing to try and the humidor or whatever. I don't know. But yeah, it's a yeah. good hitters park. Yeah, it's a hitters park. So, and... So I think that some of these pitchers, and Arizona obviously has a great pitching staff, I think that some of these pitchers in a playoff series, when they're pitching somewhere like Atlanta or Miller Park or Wrigley, we can toss Bush in there. I'm not saying that all these places are big-time pitchers' parks, but they're not quite Colorado or Arizona. So I think they could do quite well in a playoff series. They're set up well with their pitching staff, their bullpen, as you mentioned. And I think it'll be a good chance for people to see some of these pitchers on a big stage because a lot of people don't know about them. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the fact that nobody's talking about Kyle Freeland, nobody's talking about Adam Adovino. I mean, these are some great, great pitchers. Um, and I think it's a very similar phenomenon to what you get with Paul Goldschmidt. You know, I think he's a really underrated player that a lot of people don't know about. He's playing out on the West Coast. Um, so I think I think the playoffs would be a great time to showcase this Rockies team that I think is I think is better than most people give them credit for. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, Arizona has been very disappointing. I thought when they got off to that hot start at the start of the year. I thought, yeah, this team is legit. They look like the best team in the National League. 
they've played like it at times, but at other times, I just don't even know what's going on with them. Yeah, it's their their pitching has not been that great this year. You've gotten a good season from Zach Greinke and a good season from Patrick Corbin, but man, what a disappointment you've gotten from Robbie Ray. Yes. You know, just not not putting up the numbers that people needed him to put up. You know, if you're a fantasy owner, that was probably a wasted <laughs> second or third round pick, right? So yeah. I'm, I mean, and their bullpen has been kind of underwhelming this year too. Um, and it's just they're not playing they're not playing good ball, you know. And you look at it's not a great lineup. Obviously, you missed Steven Souza Jr. for a couple for a couple months there. Um, but beyond Paul Goldschmidt and AJ Pollock, I mean, you've gotten a, a revelation of a season out of uh, David Peralta. But other than that, I mean, this is not a great, a great lineup at all. They've definitely been a disappointment, um, yep. and I think it's showed in the last couple weeks. Uh, you know, three and seven in their last ten, they're starting to fall off. Um, and it doesn't look like their schedule is going to get super nice here either. I'm not sure. I don't have it in front of me, but it looks like their schedule is going to still be tough because still got more games to play in that NL West. So, yeah, I think uh, if the Rockies, it seems like it's just the Rockies' year to win it. They've never won the division before. This would be an amazing story. I would love to see it. And if they end up. They end up falling out of this race, or they miss the playoffs, lose a wild card game. I'd feel a little bummed for those fans. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they've earned it. You know, I think the Rockies have been a bad team for a long time, um, and I think just the last couple of years uh, they've really started to turn it around. And I, I think I think it's their division to lose. I think they are going to win it. Um, you know, I think the Dodgers have been underwhelming. I think the D-backs have been underwhelming. Um, and I'm excited to see what this team does in a playoff atmosphere. I think they'll be fun to watch. So, Jamie, let's go over to the National League East. It sure is shaping up to be the Braves division. Not many people saw this coming. I think I thought they'd be maybe close to 500 team. Did not think they'd be the division winner. They seized an opportunity when the division started to crumble. I mean, you had a couple of weak teams already, but obviously Washington has been a big-time disappointment. The Phillies have crumbled big-time lately, and uh, they've just taken advantage of it. They're in great shape. I like their team going into the playoffs. This is a great Braves team, Um, a great young Braves team. Yes. I mean, you have Ozzie Albies. who's been pretty good at second base this year. Could win um, a gold glove. I don't know if you like that thought there as a Baez fan, but yeah, well, he I, could win one. I think Baez is set up for the platinum glove. I think he moves around too much to get a gold <laughs> glove at second. But uh, I think I think the real stud on this Braves team has been Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, I think this guy has proven a lot this year. Um and I, I think he's a true stud, and I think he's going to be a nice piece for this team for a long time. He's been amazing, and this is one of the best, I think one of the best outfields in baseball, certainly one of the most underrated. You know, you put him with Ender and Ciarte and, and the ever, ever stalwart of Nick Markakis, <laughs> who finally got his all-star due this year. 
Um, yeah, finally. You know, I think I think this is an underrated team. Um, and then you look at potential MVP. I think very underrated as well. Freddie Freeman over at first. Yes. This is a great team. Um, poised for a breakout year. Um, and I think they took advantage of just how horrendously awful this Washington Nationals team has been in comparison to what they should have done. Um, and then again with the total total collapse of the New York Mets. You know, I think I think the Braves took advantage of, of what was given to them here. Um, I think they're running away with it. Yeah, this Braves front office has done a great job of putting all these young players together. Uh, one of the things I actually tweet about this earlier today is that I'm really impressed with how the Braves were able to move Jason Hayward right on the last year of his contract, move him for Shelby Miller. Shelby Miller has a career year. They move Shelby Miller over to Arizona, and they get Dansby Swanson, who was a number one pick in that year before, a 2015 draft. And Andy Endurance are, <laughs> and they get Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take a sip of water real quick. <laughs> and they get Ender Inciar today. <laughs> can't do it. He can't, can't say his name. <laughs> and and they get Ender Inciarte in that trade. And where has Shelby Miller been since then? He's been on the DL, basically, for the last three years, it seems. Either so, that or AAA. Or where? Or AAA. <laughs> yeah. So the, And that's not funny there. That's not funny. <laughs> um, but those were some great trades to set this rebuild into motion. They Maybe not every trade works out that well, but they've made some nice moves here to build a nice team. Not everyone, they, they didn't draft everyone, but they have done well drafting. Mike Faltinovich, Mike Faltinovich is an ace. Hey, I got it right there. <laughs> he is an ace. You know, he's, he's pitched a great year um, and definitely stepped up. I, Julio Tehran was injured at the beginning of the year, I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, definitely stepped up, filled those shoes. And uh, and kind of ran with it, became the, the de facto staff ace of this Braves team. Um, he's been great to watch this year, uh, and I think I think him coupled with coupled with a really underrated lineup here, and like you said, great 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 front office work by those guys to make this all happen. Keep a low payroll here too, um, and they're running away with it. As yeah. they should, they're they're the clear favorite in this division, um, and they took advantage of what was what was handed to them. Um, Going to be really fun to watch in the playoffs. So, Jamie, I don't know why, but I really like the Braves' home uniforms. Is that cra- Is that weird? It's it's kind of random. I feel like it's a random jersey to really like. But where do you stand on those jerseys? The dark blue ones, right? No, the the white ones. Oh yeah, I like them. <laughs> it's, I just I love the. It is a classic look to it. Yes, yes, it definitely is. Simple. Uh, yeah, they they do well with their uniforms. Not everybody does, but I like I like what they do. Jamie, I, re- I don't know why, but there are a couple of just very basic uniforms that I really like. 
two, for instance, the Braves. Another one is Penn State football. I love the white helmets with the navy blue jerseys. What are some where do, where do you stand on uniforms? What what kinds do you typically like? I like classic simple. Um, my favorites, you know, I I love the Yankee pinstripes. Um, I think that's that a good one. I think that's iconic. You know, I don't think it gets yeah. better than the Yankee pinstripes. Um, let's see. I like I like Red Sox jerseys too. Um, for a while, I was a Red Sox fan. Um, oh. Yeah, for a while, um, not so much anymore. But um, and then I think I think it's fun when NBA teams do something different. Um, you know, I think when when the Milwaukee Bucks put their the deer head on their uniforms, I think that looks great too. Yeah, I'm not saying these are my favorite jerseys, but I like either a classic look or. I'm really into like a purple or a Carolina blue color on a jersey. I really like that. Yep. Yep. Are you ready for my my controversial hot take on MLB jerseys? Oh. Yeah, let's hear it. I think these diamond these gray diamondbacks jerseys, I think they're awesome. You like them? Yeah. I think they're awesome. I, th- I feel like a lot of people like them. I thought you were going to say they're awful. No, I I've heard a lot of people say they they hate them. I I think they're great. I feel like they appeal to a lot of younger people, I would say. Yes, they're very modern. They're yeah. modern. I like it. Yeah. I'm I'm not the biggest fan of those. I like the Diamondbacks jerseys from when they won the World Series, the teal and the purple. I like those colors. Yes. Yeah, those those throwbacks. <laughs> that was what 2003? No, not 2000. 2001. 2001. That's, yeah, yeah. I watched that game. You know what the pitching matchup was in Game Seven of that World Series? Uh, Randy Johnson. Yep. And let's see. Hmm. Mike Mussina. Roger Clemens. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> game Seven of that World Series. Remember they played the Yankees. Jamie, the answer to that question was Roger Clemens with an asterisk next to his name. Yes. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, that was the year. Uh, that was the year the Yankees took down the 116 win Mariners in the in yeah. the ALCS. Got a feel for the Mariners right now. Oh man, the fans. I mean, it's yeah. just like it. It really felt like it was their year. Like this is a magical Mariner year, and then once again. The Oakland A's crashed their party. Also, Oakland A's love those uh, jerseys with the bright green. Yes, I'm on board with that too. Yeah, I, I you gotta feel for Mariners fans, man. I mean, I mean, longest postseason drought, I think, in in professional sports, right? It is in baseball. It was 2001. Yeah, uh, I don't think the Browns have played in a playoff since 2001. Probably not. Probably not. It may have been, actually, they may have gotten in 2002. I want to look that up now. <laughs> Keep going, Jamie. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, but, I mean, you got to feel for these fans. It's it's felt the past two or three years like, hey, this is the year the Mariners are going to break out. They're going to they're gonna be a great team. King Felix is finally going to get his due in the postseason. 
are going to be fun to watch. And every year it's something else. Um, yeah. You know, and, and it sucks this year too, because Mitch Hanniger was so good at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, and it, and they just fell off and, and Oakland took off, I think to everyone's surprise. Um, and Houston was of course Houston. So you got to feel for Mariners fans right now. It's, that can't be fun at all. You are correct. 16 years. Oh, wait. It would, it would, is it 16 or 17 years? This is from, yeah. So entering this year, 16 years without making the postseason. And that is a record. The Browns are right behind at 15. Brutal. Brutal. But hey, the Browns are already better than they were last year. And we're only one. (laughs) Can you, do you want to guess the next two on that list? Oh, man. Wow. Are they, what, what league are they in? Give me uh, I'll say three, okay? So this is like Family Feud. I'll throw a few on the board. Oh. There are uh, two baseball and one NBA team. Do you, And you want which league or conference they're in? Yeah. Yeah, let's give me a little bit more help here. So longest North American playoff droughts with the Mariners and Browns in first, you have two National League teams and one team out in the Western Conference in the NBA. Uh, for my National League teams, I'm going to take the Cincinnati Reds. Wrong. Remember, they had the Dusty teams with Brandon Phillips. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's not the Pirates because the Pirates were in it 2015. Yep. Um. And the Rockies were in it last year. The Padres got to be the Padres. Yes. Padres are the third long or uh so this would be the fifth longest drought. And the Marlins. So they yeah, the Marlins are third. And and what was the uh, Western Conference basketball? Yes. And they're actually tied. It's been uh 11 or 12 seasons, the same as the Padres. I want to say I want to say the Phoenix Suns, but I think that's wrong. That is wrong. (laughs) They had the Steve Nash teams. Yes. I'm a little weak on my NBA. All right. You want me to tell you? Is it one more guess? Is it the Jazz? Okay. No, the Jazz. The Jazz? (laughs) No, they won a playoff series this past year. Yeah. Sacramento Kings. Oh, yeah. Because they traded (laughs) Boogie Cousins. (laughs) <laughs> yep. and but when they had boogie they weren't winning so true true all right so uh where were yeah we're talking american league west i love what the oakland days have done with their team their pitching rotation is a lot of cast-offs who didn't quite fit um in other teams and other situations such as mike fires who's having a terrific year Edwin Jackson has been very good, which I know you are familiar with Edwin Jackson. Yes. And another former Cub who was also an A, who is now back in Oakland, Brett Anderson. He's having a good year, too. Yeah. I mean, where in the world did this Oakland A's team come from? You look at this roster, right? They shouldn't be close, um, but they are, and I think – I think it came from you got Brian Anderson. You got a really underrated pitching rotation here that's really been pretty impressive. Um, 
And let's not forget Sean Manaya. I know he's I know he's done for the year, but yeah, but, unfortunately, yeah, which sucks. But he threw that no hitter uh, earlier on in the year and has really carried this team. You've gotten you've gotten some great pitching from Edwin Jackson. Uh, Cubs cast off Trevor Cahill has not been holding. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's he could have fit in. Right. The Cubs have struggled with their pitching. He could have fit right in that starting rotation. They give him a chance to start. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Slide him right in there. But yeah, this is a really underrated team um, that has really put everything together at the right time, um, and they are they're pretty impressive. And they you know they swung a good deal for Blake Trinan. They swung a good deal for Juris Familia. Um, Billy Bean and his front office know what they're doing. So this is this is a great team. Um, you've gotten you've gotten great years from Matt Chapman and Matt Olson. Um, you know, I, it's it's a really, really impressive team. I, I love what the A's have done. I was watching MLB Network this morning and it was a sit down interview with Billy Bean and I think it was Ken Rosenthal, but I'm not sure. I don't remember because I was paying attention to Billy Bean. <laughs> Billy Bean is asked, "Were you are you surprised by how the A's have been this year?" And he said, "Yes." Wow. <laughs> He's like, "I knew we'd be on the rise. I thought we'd be decent, but I mean, what? Thirty games over 500? Uh, yeah, thirty-two here at the moment. Yeah, no one saw that coming. They've been a great story." play great baseball yeah they do and they seem to be everyone's second favorite team in baseball yeah Uh, they are a team to look out for they have a lot of firepower their pitching has been good the bullpen is stacked it is quite a race out there yeah do you think they have it in them to to haul, haul in the astros and take that division i think they do I mean, I'm gonna. I would have to see their schedules, but and who who's playing who, but I think that I definitely think they could. I I think you're right. You know, I, I think this is a team that could that could definitely take this division. I don't think they're out of it at all, um, and I think I think they are missing a staff ace. So I think a wild card game does not suit them super well, especially. The Yankees, when you have to go up against probably Luis Severino, um, but I think if they if they take down this division, I mean, looking at their schedule now, it's it's pretty smooth sailing. They have the Rays, Angels, Twins, Mariners, and then the Angels again. So they've got an easy schedule coming up. They could really take advantage of that and uh, make the Astros a little bit nervous here. Yeah, I. I agree. We are in agreement here. Let's get over to something else that we didn't really talk about when we were talking about the Braves. We got to talk about the Phillies. They have come unglued. They've been totally off the rails. I have friends who are Phillies fans who shall remain nameless who (laughs) are questioning their manager, Gabe Kapler, who I've never been too high on i've always been a little skeptical of him it was an interesting hire no managerial experience and what is what is going on here it's so hard to tell i mean i i think some blame does fall on gabe kapler and i i think you're right i agree with you it's a weird hire 
I think you saw that in the first week of the season. I think he brought in a pitcher that had not even been warmed up at all. Uh, he did do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think this is a team that wasn't quite ready to compete just yet. Yeah, um, and I think they kind of forced their own hand a little bit with the Carlos Santana acquisition, um, and then and signing Jake Arrieta. Um, I think they I think they thought they were closer than they were, um, and I think it showed in the last couple weeks. Um, you know, I, I think their pitching's kind of come unglued, and there's not a lot of not a lot of arms that you really know of in that bullpen. Um, so I think that's I think that's a big part of their problem too. They they also don't have many contact hitters. Yeah, I th- they may they have one of the worst bat- team batting averages in the whole league. It was amazing that they're doing so well. Yeah, yeah, you got a lot of sluggers on this team. Yeah, they they traded for a Struble Cabrera, which didn't really help that that much. Um, you know you you don't really have many contact hitters on this team. And I think it's boomer bust when, when you're just expecting guys to hit home runs. Um, I think you're right. I think that's a big reason. And, and uh, it's funny cause you know, you talk about that a lot um, with like teams that don't have contact hitters not doing well. You know, you've said that about the Cubs before. Yeah. I think it's I think it's kind of funny that you're bringing that up here too cuz <laughs> as I look at their depth chart, I mean it's there's nothing there's nothing there really. You got Reese Hoskins, Slugger, Carlos Santana, Slugger, Michael Franco, Slugger. You know, it's just Slugger after Slugger after Slugger. If you don't have guys on base, every home run is one run. So, I I think that's part of it. I think it's not a great bullpen. Um and I think after after your one two of Jake Arrieta and Aaron Nola, who also is going to get some Cy Young votes, I don't think it's a great pitching rotation. I think some of those guys are young and could be on the up. Uh, I know you are talking strictly about this season. One thing that I will defend the Phillies on with those acquisitions is I think they saw a guy like Jake Arrieta and a guy like Carlos Santana two very talented pitchers and a very dead free agent market, an opportunity to grab a couple guys who they think could help push them forward into being a competitive team. I think a lot of people were thinking next year they could be a legitimate division contender, which I still, I think definitely they could. And they thought, Hey, everyone wants pitching. Where are we going to find a pitcher like Jake Arrieta for this cheap on a three-year deal, I mean, that was a pretty good team-friendly contract to only have him for three years. I believe he got, what, like $20 million or so? 25 a year, yeah. Yeah, 25 So 25 a year, three years. That's a good contract for a team that has a lot of money. And when is there going to be another time when there's a pitcher of Jake Arrieta's caliber sitting out there on the free agent market with no other teams to fight over them for? Yeah, I, I I think they made a great move picking up Jake Arrieta. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, I think I think they got him cheap. They waited and waited and waited and waited and waited and waited till the last possible second, and then snatched him up right as spring training was getting underway. And I think that was genius. So I think you're totally right. This is a pretty team friendly contract, 
And if he does well with it, they can extend him at the end of it if they want to. Um, you know, it, he's not ruled out of being a major part of their of their future plans here. So I think you're right. I, and I think Carlos Santana, I, I think they're both good acquisitions. I think they may have pushed themselves a little bit farther than they were expecting to early on here. Plus, I think with how they they played earlier in the year where they were really fighting it out for Atlanta over the division um, for a while there. I think they kind of get, got themselves really excited and then they kind of saw, okay, maybe we do need another year to grow this team and we'll be real serious contenders. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where they go next year. I know it's frustrating right now. Believe me, I've been through it as a Cubs fan. But there is a lot of young talent there, and they're set up well for the future. So I think if they – I think they're – where are they at? How many wins do they have right now, Jamie? They have 74. Yeah, they are 74 and 71. So they're over 500 right now, and they still could go over 500. I would say that's a very successful season. Even I think just getting to 80 wins would be a successful season – to turn it around from what 60 last year yeah some something bad like that yeah i think i think they're having a great season definitely a lot better than i think anybody expected them to um 66 wins last year yeah continue yeah i think they're having a better season than anyone expected them to um and i think i think atlanta philadelphia is going to be a really fun division rivalry for the next few years here. Cause I think my, my prediction is that those two are going to rule the roost here in the AL East yeah. next few years. Yeah. By the way, uh, breaking news, Pedro Strope just got injured with a left hamstring injury running over to cover first base. Uh, that's what the Cubs needed. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Uh, and they've used two, four, six, seven relievers this game, and now they're into they're in extra innings. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. What a mess. Let's let's get to some other stuff. I know there's one. Uh, there's a very, uh, it's a sad story with David Wright, who is going to retire very soon. His body just let him down too many times. And it's going to do it again. He's going to have to retire, but he will play one more game for the Mets. Yeah, you know it's such a tough story. I was reading, I was reading an article in the Athletic today, which, by the way, people getting a subscription to the Athletic is one hundred percent worth it. Go do. <laughs> I was yeah, reading, hooray for journalism. Yeah, really impressive journalism going on over there. I love yeah. it. Good stuff. Um, but I was reading an article about about kind of his whole process, you know, and, and this whole story that's developed for him. And he hasn't played a game in over two years, but he showed up to the ballpark every day. He's captained this team. He's gone through several rehab assignments. Um, I mean, it's, it's such a hard story because for a while there, he was the heart and soul of the Mets. Um, and I – what I do love about it is that he is getting an opportunity to get a couple games in here at the end um, for him to get his due from Mets fans and and at least have a happy ending to what has been a disaster again of a season for the Mets. So, you know, I think 
I think it's really, I think it's really cool what they're doing with him today or this, you know, in the next couple weeks. But man, is it tough to hear about that he? Uh, yeah. Reminds you of Prince Fielder, who a couple years yeah. ago was, you know, his body couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, very sad. It's kind of interesting because all season long, or maybe the first chunk of the season, if someone had said, yeah, the Mets are going to bring up some guy from the minor leagues to play one game at the end of the season, who would you have thought that would be? Uh, shoot. They, what is this guy's name? This Tim Tebow? Tim Tebow. <laughs> Let's go. Do you think Tim Tebow is ever going to play a major league game? I think he will. Do you think he deserves to ever play a major league game? Uh, depends on how he continues in the minor leagues. I think he deserves to be in double A where he is right now. I think he's earned his keep. He's been an average player in double A. I guess he would have to be an above average player, the triple A level to, uh, deserve it to play in the major leagues. However, I would also say though, he's for what he's done for that team in the minor leagues, bringing out so many crowds and everything. If even if he struggles in AAA, it could be a nice thank you to say, hey, we'll, we'll bring you up for a weekend, play a couple games here at the end of the year. I mean, the, I don't think the Mets are going to be anywhere uh, playing meaningful baseball in September anytime soon. Rosters expand to 40. I could very easily see it, and I wouldn't have a problem with it. I think it would be fun. I think it would be a fun story. Um, and I, I, I think you'd get a lot of haters that are just like, oh, Absolutely. Like, what the heck is this guy doing up here? I think it's fun, and I think I think it's causing people to buy tickets. I think it's getting some hype for a Mets organization that desperately needs it. Um, I would have no problem at all with the Mets, uh, the Mets bringing up Tim Tebow for a weekend. See what he can do. I love it. I think it was very funny that a lot of people who are like, how could you let Tebow get at bats at spring training? How dare you? Meanwhile, the Yankees are bringing in Russell Wilson, and <laughs> who hasn't played baseball in, I don't know, five years? The Yankees bring in Russell Wilson to also, like, everyone's like, oh, Tebow's just there, you know, they're just he's just there to sell tickets. No one seemed to have an issue with Russell Wilson taking some at-bats in a spring training game with, obviously, the intention of publicity, ticket sales, spring training, wanting to have attention on them, the Yankees, as they always do. But to Russell Wilson, this is a game. And to Tim Tebow, it's not. He's pursuing a dream. Yeah, and, and it's so funny because there were a lot of people when, when Tim Tebow started this out, people were like, oh, he's not going to get anywhere. He's going to be out of it after a few months. He's not really serious about this. No, this man is grinding it out in the minor leagues. He's going on at least probably a year and a half now, right? Almost two seasons. Yeah. He's grinding it out. Two, two and a half. Oh, yeah. 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 You're right. Because it was uh, 2016, end of 2016, he started working out for people. So, yeah, this is the end of his second year in the minor leagues. Yeah. I mean, this this man is chasing a dream. Um, I hope it works out better for him than it did for Michael Jordan. Um, but <laughs> I I couldn't laugh there. It was just, it was, uh, too <laughs> couldn't do that. Too yeah. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do hope that so. 
yeah, I I hope I hope he gets a chance to take a couple at bats, have have a major league debut, have that to look back on. Um, one one funny thing that I always thought was hilarious about this whole Tim Tebow thing when he did this workout way at the beginning of this for all these teams, scouts graded his arm below average. An NFL quarterback. Thought was hilarious. Yeah, that's crazy. So is there any other quick hits you have on baseball that you want to get to before we wrap up here? Uh, not a lot. I, I have a dark horse idea for the playoffs that I, okay, let's hear it. Some people, I think that the Cleveland Indians are a great force to be reckoned with in this playoffs, uh, this year. I agree. And the reason I say that they have a magic number of three, they could clinch their division by Saturday, which means they have all the time in the world to rest these guys, get their rotations set up. And you just brought in Josh Donaldson, right? You have perennial MVP candidates, Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor. This is a great lineup. They've got great pitching. Trevor Bauer is going to get some down ballot Cy Young votes. This is a team to be afraid of. That's my quick hit. I would be afraid of them. I think they're a team that is set up better for the playoffs than they are for the regular season, which is funny because their division is so weak. You would think they'd win a lot more games and they'd they'd be, you know, I think a lot of people have been a little maybe disappointed with what they've seen from them so far. But what do we know about them for the last two years? They get hot at the right time. Yeah. Around this time last year, they were on that big 20-game win streak or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I would expect them also, even with the lead, I mean, they're playing with a lead and everything, I would expect them to go into the playoffs playing very well. That's my prediction here with, what, two weeks left? Yeah. I think I think if it comes down to a Cleveland-Boston series, I think Cleveland wins it. I think, I could absolutely see it. I, I think Cleveland is a great postseason team, and I think you're right. I mean, look at, look at what they did in 2016. They didn't blow anybody away in the regular season. They came to play in the playoffs. Andrew Miller was basically unhittable. And they almost won the World Series. So I like what the Indians are doing right about now. Yeah, I do too. Well, Jamie, it'll be a lot to it'll be a lot of fun to watch out for. Uh, is there anything else you want to bring up? Uh, not that I can think of. I think we've just about covered pretty much everything that's interesting here. So how can people reach out to you talk to you on social media if you want them to, maybe you don't. Yes. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at JW swim one. That's at JW swim one. I'm very active in, in Cubs Twitter, um, MLB Twitter as well. Um, I don't have Instagram or anything like that. So if you want to reach me on social media, definitely find me, uh, on Twitter. Awesome. Well, you killed it in your debut. Uh, maybe we'll st- keep you here on the big league roster. We just expanded a 40-man roster, and we'll, maybe we'll keep you around. Love it. Love it. <laughs> no, you're always welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I'm sure I'll talk to you again soon, maybe sometime during the playoffs. Love it. Sounds great. 
That's it for my conversation with Jamie Hill. Special thanks to him. He was great. Great time talking with him. So thank you to all of you for listening. If you'd like to support the podcast, you could subscribe to Press On Sports on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket, wherever it may be. Subscribe to the podcast and you will never miss an episode. You will always get the freshest content whenever it is available. It'll show up in your podcast app, ready to go, all ready for you to listen to on your way to work, on your train ride to the Cubs game, or wherever it may be. Go ahead and subscribe. As I mentioned, coming up on the podcast, I'll be doing some football stuff and doing a movie podcast on like mike you will not want to miss those podcasts subscribe so you will have them when they are ready that's it for today's show bring in the dancing lobsters